This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. I'm yours, Ben, and coming up on this week's show, we're going to be discussing the playoff race, as we'll be joined by Manchester Storm head coach Ryan Finity. We're also going to be talking about the Five Flyers with Five Free Press editor Alan Crow, and we're going to be talking to Streatham about this weekend's South Cup final. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. Later, we're going to be joined by Adam Carr, head coach at Streatham, talking about this weekend's South Cup final. And speaking of the South Cup final, as well as the Midlands Cup final and the North Cup final, which are all taking place over the next couple of weeks or so, we've got a preview for those Cup finals, as well as the National Cup final and uh, the playoff weekend in both uh, the National Division of the NIHL and the lower divisions too, as we'll be joined by media manager at the English Ice Hockey Association, Mr. Craig Simpson, makes a welcome return to the British Ice Hockey Podcast for a preview for all of those exciting weekends to come. We're also going to be talking about the Elite Ice Hockey League as well, as we'll be joined by Ryan Finity, head coach of the Manchester Storm. And it's been a big weekend both on and off the ice for the Five Flyers. And uh, we'll be discussing that in a bit more detail later in the show as we're going to be joined once again by the editor of the Five Free Press, Alan Crow, will be joining us to discuss uh, that win last weekend for the Five Flyers as well as the midweek Q&A. But without further ado, we should start the show by looking back at all last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League as well as the NIHL. And on Tuesday, I caught up with BritishIceHockey.co.uk's very own Here's Mr. Craig Anderson. Uh, well, Craig, a big thank you for joining us. Uh, pre-recorded on a Tuesday morning, uh, this bit of the show. Before we get into our look back at the Elite League and uh, the, the National Ice Hockey League and that kind of thing, just to mention uh, for the, the GB team and, uh, and those games over the weekend... 
just just a bridge too far in the end. It, it felt like on Sunday. Yeah, it certainly did. It's it's hard not to to feel for the guys and the effort they put in. Um, I watched that game on Sunday, and you know when Matthew Myers got that goal early in the third period, the, the team was two 0 down at that point. You thought, oh, you know something could be on here, um, given our, our previous history with with Hungary in the World Championships a couple of years ago. But it wasn't to be. You know, Hungary stood firm. They got a couple of goals on top of that just to make things a little bit better for them, and then they obviously progress. Um, so. Disappointment for, for GB, but I think Pete Russell will have taken a lot from that team. You consider that there's some new players he brought in, the likes of Travis Earhart, Brendan Connolly, and Scott Conway, who admittedly I didn't know too much about. I thought he performed really well. Um, he was the supporters club player of the, the tournament, so well done to him. Um, so that gives Pete some food for thought when he goes into the, the sort of spring months leading into the World Championships. Bear in mind you've got the likes of Liam Kirk coming back in. You know, Robert Dowd may be a, a little bit too far for him. There's various other players that, that people maybe look at and uh, come to a decision. Robert Lakovic, you remember, was a late call-up. He replaced uh, Stevie Lee, who was excused from the camp. His wife was uh, was having a baby, so you know you can, you can allow that one. Um, so plenty of food for thought for, for Pete Russell. I just think they've they done well in, the, in two of the three games. I think the last game was just a combination of the players just not clicking on the night. A couple of really bad um, refereeing yes, calls, um, I yes. thought, certainly, certainly in the third period. And uh, Hungary's netminder was absolutely outstanding. So when you get those things going against you, it's just not going to be a night. Can you now? Because I, I, I'm, I don't keep abreast of the of the rules, but can you now legitimately just bash someone in the back of the head as they uh, when they've not even got the puck anymore? Is that is that allowed now? Well, it seems to be when you look at the, the incident in, in Belfast last week between Massey Mariamaki, which I've written about, um, has hit on David Goodwin, which was inexplicably deemed to be um, not worthy of any further sanction. That I thought was incredible. And there was a couple of hits on that game. The one on Ben Davis certainly springs to mind. Again, I don't see how the, the referees could have, get, could have uh, not given that one, certainly at the time. So I, I don't know. It just everyone seems a bit confused by it, myself included. Um, you know, they the, the talk a lot about player safety, especially when it comes to, to checks to the head. And we've seen a couple in the last seven days, which you would kind of go, hmm, that's a little bit questionable. It was good commentary as well from Aaron Murphy. He was he was incensed, wasn't he, at one point with the uh, the headlock in front of the goal? <laughs> which, I know. Yeah. I, I know. And I've got to say, knowing Murphy as I do, he's one of the most laid back guys you'll ever meet. And yet, you know, you, you hear him, him going apoplectic in the commentary <laughs> box when he sees those hits. You're like, my goodness, you know, there the, the really is a... There really is a, an angry side to you, Murph. So uh, no, he was he was right to call it out the way he did. I I certainly agreed with him on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And so I so did my son as well, Aaron. If you're listening at home, he was he was a bit apathetic <laughs> too. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, so uh, a big congratulations anyway uh, to Pete Russell and, and the British team. Like like you say, lots of lots of build on there. Lots of good stuff, especially uh, in the the Estonia game on on Saturday. So uh, onwards and upwards as we head toward the World Championships and and that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, back to the elite ice hockey league now and uh, well it was a big weekend wasn't it especially for the those teams chasing uh, a playoff berth as as we head into the middle of February a particular big weekend uh, for the Glasgow clan a very very important win here Craig against the Manchester Storm three goals to two settles things down a bit somewhat a little bit but when you consider you know, Manchester have, have had a cup you know be playing a couple of games more and by the time this podcast goes out um, oh yeah clan will have two games in hand over them, certainly, but Manchester just bridging that gap a little bit closely. But yeah, the clan needed that on Saturday. That, that kind of goes without saying a, a decent enough performance. That I did feel, though, um, certainly in the third period, I mean, Manchester defensively have been reasonably good this year. They've got the best penalty kill um, in the league all season. 
I felt that the third period was starting to get away from the clan a little bit. Storm or two one ahead. I, I wondered if clan were going to get a goal out of it. Um, I, I certainly wasn't sure that, um, they could get one. And then a power play goal on. Behold, uh, Craig Peacock gets one. And momentum swings a little bit towards the clan at that point. And it's enough for Rasmus Bierum to get the winning goal with, with five minutes to go. And that was a huge win. You, you see the, the interview with Zach Fitzgerald I did. Um, with him post game, you know that that was a huge win for the clan, especially at this moment in time where they're going through a, a phase where they're, they're not playing a lot of games right now, and everybody else is, is playing a little bit more. Um, so that, that certainly keeps the wolves at the door, certainly in the short term. The job's not done, not by a long way. We've still got lots of games to go, lots of hockey to be played, and, and Manchester, well, Ryan Finnerty certainly a little bit disappointed that his team uh, couldn't get it over the line. Yes, uh, well, uh, like you say, we are recording this bit of the show on Tuesday. Manchester in action on Wednesday night as they host Nottingham Panthers. Very, very tough game, that one. But uh, given um, the, the need for a win, you, you wouldn't put past the storm to uh, get two points there. But uh, all, all to play for down the bottom end. And uh, just to finish off the results from, from Saturday, uh, the Five Flyers uh, the Five Flyers ended their losing streak. It was, it was threatening to be an elite league record as well. But uh, they beat Dundee on Saturday night and uh, that's welcome news as they head into the fans forum uh, this evening as we record the show. I was delighted for Fife when I saw this result come through. They just needed something to go for them and it certainly happened for them on Saturday. Chase Shaber got a couple of goals and Chase has been a player who's been uh, been a bit plagued by injury this year so he's not really found that the top form we've seen him in seasons gone by. He's, he's a regular contributor to the point so good to see him go on the, the scoreboard. A couple of assists from Mikael Gutwald as well. My God they needed that. You know 14 games straight without Victor and to do it against the Dundee Stars and bear in mind the Stars are just above them in the standings as well and that certainly shows that there's new life in this five team whether they can keep that going I just don't know um, there's 12 games or so to go they're still 7 points away from Manchester in 8th place I, I think it's a bit of a tall order for them um, to, put, to put a run together I said last week they would, they would need something like 4 or 5 maybe 6 games winning in a row to, to give them a chance they haven't done that all season I still my mind still hasn't changed on that um, so it might be a little bit too late for them but they certainly enjoyed that one for sure 4-1 victory um, against the Dundee Stars might have put a little bit of worry in the Dundee Stars a little bit on Saturday night um, but the Stars obviously fixed that on yeah, Sunday with their, their win against Guildford um, uh, <laughs> but again it just shows you what you know just when we thought Fife were out of it they get, you know, they're pulling themselves back into it but as I say they need a run of games um, to, to keep that run going, I just don't see it personally. I'd like to see it, if anything, to make that, that area a little bit more interesting as we get into the final few weeks. But I just think they're a little bit too adrift right now to, to really be considered as a playoff team. Well, like you say, Dundee Stars did bounce back on Sunday. A fantastic 4-3 victory over the Guildford Flames. Uh, but for the Five Flyers, it was a three-point weekend. I know they were beaten on Sunday by Manchester, but only after a shootout. Um, so... Plenty to build on there for the Five Flyers, that's for sure. Uh, but for the Storm, uh, a vitally important two points, as we said. So so down the bottom end of the table, as we head towards uh, the midweek game between Manchester and Nottingham, it's uh, Glasgow Clan in seventh on 37 points uh, with games in hand. Manchester Storm two points back. Then the Dundee Stars just below that black line, one point back. And then, as you say, Five Flyers on 28 points, uh, seven points behind Manchester and uh, Five have played a game more. So, very, very important game, that one. And spe- spe- speaking of the Nottingham Panthers and uh, their match with the Manchester Storm, on Friday, Nottingham are hosting the Five Flyers as well. So, um, I know what you said there, Craig, about them having to string r- wins together, but... 
it's, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough for, to get any form of rhythm, especially at this stage when there's so much to play for. Yeah, and, and five going to a place like Nottingham on the back of a three-point weekend. I should point out, you know, the game on Sunday. I was, just, I don't want to jump in there, Ben. You know, you have to bear in mind five were actually three 0 up in Manchester before Manchester um, pulled it back and ultimately um, got the points in the end. So again, it just typifies the sort of season that that Fife have had. Um, over over the season, but yeah, looking ahead to to the weekend, you know, you you're you awaiting Nottingham on Friday, and then a, a tough home game against Sheffield Steelers, who you'll recall um, stuck ten past them in one game earlier in the season. So that's not one for them to look forward to. And then they've got a midweek visit by Cardiff coming up next week as well. So quite possibly three of the worst games you could have coming up, just when you're looking for a little bit of form. And again, it just kind of maybe I'm writing them off too soon, but it just kind of backs up the point I'm making: the fact they need to get a, a, a head of steam together and to try and get them out of um, the, the position they're in. It's always possible in this league. You know, teams have been taking points off each other all season, but for Fife to be able to do that against three of the top four, I think it's especially a tall, a tall order over the course of the next week. Uh, there was one other result which we've not covered off, and that was the Battle of Mid-Table, uh, where Coventry plays beat the Guildford Flames by three goals to two. Um, so that kind of... I've, it's, I, I, I don't want to jinx it for Coventry, but the gap now is uh, 13 points between themselves and the Dundee Stars. So... Uh, I, at this stage, more or less sealed it, I think, in mid-table. Guildford, they've, they've got another couple of weekends to go, I think, before um, they can secure themselves in the playoff positions. Uh, but uh, as we head towards this weekend's matches, um, let's talk about uh, the weekend games then. And uh, everyone's back in action uh, this weekend. And uh, we might as well stick with the, the bottom end of the table and uh, the Glasgow clan hosting the Guildford Flames. Six points the gap between the two of them. Uh, that that would be interesting, wouldn't it, if the clan got a win here? It would be. Uh, I think, again, it would be another welcome one, especially on the, on the back of the fact that they haven't been playing so many games the last couple of weeks compared to the, the rivals round about them. But the thing to note is Glasgow don't have a good record against Guildford. When you take it back to 2017 when Guildford first came into the league, I think clan have only won maybe three, maybe four, uh, if, if as many as that. Um, you know, in every game they've played, I think they've certainly only won twice in Glasgow against them. So uh, history is against the clan in this fixture, and we all know how good Guildford have been. You know, they've, they've been a bit up and down recently, a bit inconsistent. Um, but in terms of a playoff place, I don't see them under any immediate danger. Um, a victory for the clan would certainly go a long way in helping their playoff cause. That's for sure. Again, when you, you look at the other teams and who they're up against. Um, with the Stars, for example, at Sheffield and such like Manchester and Belfast, there's another one. I think it's, I think it's a big, big game for for all manner of reasons. The one man clan I have to watch for is Braylon Schmier, if I've pronounced his name correctly, or Schmier. I'm not entirely sure. Um, he's been on great form, nine points in nine games since he joined the team. Um, he picked up five points at the weekend there. So there's a man on a bit of a hot streak, and someone clan will will need to watch very closely on Saturday. Now, uh, as we go to where, uh, like, like with this recording, like we said, uh, Nottingham Panthers have got uh, two games to play this week and uh, in the in the middle of the week, and that's because they've got games in hand. They've got four games in hand at time of recording over the Sheffield Steelers. The gap is nine points. Um, obviously, if you're if you're sitting at home doing all the maths, that gap could be five points uh, by the time uh, Saturday's matches come around and um, for, for for Nottingham on Sunday they'll be hosting the Belfast Giants so it's a big week for Nottingham isn't it? It sure is and you know when you put that into context you know you can actually if, if they win the, the games that you talked about there and they've got a midweek game next week as well they could certainly bat themselves into the into a title contention um, which is something we, we haven't really said you know that throughout this season the Panthers were a team who started very slowly it looked a bit precarious for Tim Wallace 
um, as, as they kind of loitered in the, the bottom half of the table and he made a couple of changes to his team and it's worked brilliantly. We, we saw them carry that success into the Continental Cup, just miss out on the, the silverware in the end. But to find them in this position right now where they're they're on the outside, knocking the door, looking to break into that top four, I think it's a great position and a great testament to the work that Tim Wallace has done with that team this year. So this title race gets uh, ever, ever uh, exciting. As you say, with Sheffield having played the most games, um, I think there's going to be a few nervy nights for them and the other teams uh, catch up with, with their games in hand. Yes, uh, well, on Saturday, uh, speaking of the league leaders, they'll be hosting the Dundee Stars. At the same time, the team currently sitting in second, uh, five points behind them with four games in hand. Cardiff Devils will be hosting the Coventry Blaze on Saturday evening. And as we alluded to earlier, Belfast Giants, seven points off top spot with two games in hand. They'll be hosting Manchester. Uh, so a big Saturday night, especially with that Glasgow clan Guildford game as well. Uh, whilst on Sunday, the aforementioned Nottingham Panthers hosting the Belfast Giants. Uh, game of the weekend, I'm going to um, quietly suggest. And uh, on Sunday, we've also got the Five Flyers hosting Sheffield, Guildford hosting Cardiff, and uh, Coventry Blaze hosting the Glasgow clan. Interesting weekend for Glasgow because they, they could put themselves back in mid-table land, couldn't they, with, with back-to-back wins? They could. Um, and and that, again, that would... That would uh... That would show that there's, there's progress being made with the clan. They've been so the results haven't been going for them for so long now that that would certainly help, especially at this this time of the year when when every point really is uh, something to fight for. And Coventry, I think clan have played them three times. They've lost two of them. Um, the last time they were in Coventry, Coventry put nine past them. So um, it's a team that that clan have had difficulties with in the past. They won the last meeting in overtime. That was in Glasgow. Um, so th- that one could go either way. Well, that's our look at the Elite Ice Hockey League. Let's talk about the uh, the National Ice Hockey League now and the National Division. Uh, a big weekend just gone, uh, especially up at the top end of the table because Telford Tigers slipped up big time, didn't they? Uh, Leeds Chiefs with their first home win of the season at Ellen Road, uh, beating Telford Tigers by three goals to two on Saturday night, uh, an overtime win there. Um, so Telford did pick up a point. Um, but... But at the same time, Twindon Wildcats on Saturday night, they beat the Raiders by five goals to four. Great performance that by the Raiders. Swindon uh, forced to take that win after overtime. Uh, then on Sunday, Telford were beaten again, this time by the Milton Keynes Lightning by four goals to one. Uh, but then Swindon were also beaten by Bracknell by three goals to two. And what we've seen there from the bottom three is they've got stuff to play for and they're going to be really, really difficult in these closing stages of the season, Craig. Yeah, but one thing to keep an eye out for is Peter Brafantum's in third place. I highlighted it in the five things we learned this week. Only four points behind Swindon. Um, nicely nestled in that third place. Same number of games played. Phantoms on an eight-game winning run at the moment right now. Um, a great position for them to be in and with Telford and Swindon dropping points more frequently in the last few weeks than we've seen them for most of the season this could be a great opportunity for the, the Phantoms to, to try and work themselves back up into a, a top two position um, great work from Slava Kulikov and his men they've been just going about their business quietly nobody's really paying much attention to them and I think you know if they can keep that, that run going that they've had they've only got one game this weekend um, they take on the Raiders so they're really looking at Telford and Swindon to drop more points. And the way they've played recently, you know, I think that's possible. Yeah, fantastic 5-4 win uh, for, for uh, Peterborough on Saturday against the uh, Bracknell Bees. Um, there was also wins as well on Saturday uh, for the Hull Pirates. Uh, they beat uh, the Milton Keynes Lightning by four goals to three. There was also a win for the Steel Dogs in the Yorkshire Derby on Sunday night, uh, beating the Hull Pirates by four goals to three. Um, so, and like you say, it's starting to... 
close up a bit, isn't it? Nine points between Telford and Peterborough. Very, very interesting as we as we uh, close in on the closing stages of the season. Uh, but matches for this weekend. Uh, another Yorkshire derby on Friday night. Leeds hosting the Hull Pirates. Uh, could be a massive game, that one. Elsewhere, we've got uh, Bratnell Bees hosting the Telford Tigers on Saturday night. Another potential banana skin for the league leaders. Basingstoke hold, hosting the Swindon Wildcats, though. That's a huge game, isn't it, uh, for, mm. for Basingstoke? Could really put themselves back into it. And uh, on Sunday night, we've got uh, the Swindon Wildcats hosting the Basingstoke Bison and Telford hosting the Bracknell Bees. Uh, and another Yorkshire derby on Sunday, Hull hosting the Steel Dogs, whilst Peterborough, as you said earlier, taking on uh, the Raiders and the Leeds Chiefs hosting Milton Keynes. Um, so the national, the national division just keeps on giving, Craig. It certainly is. And again, we're no further forward to knowing exactly how this is going to play out. I mentioned Peterborough in a good position. Hull, if they get a couple of good results and Peterborough and and slip, they could find themselves back in contention as well. So it really is quite interesting to watch right now. You mentioned Leeds. Leeds are three three games behind Bracknell, just ahead of them. If they were to win those games, you know they could be right back up in the, the reckoning again. It's really hard to call this league and, and I think that's part of the, the beauty of it, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, Craig, a big thank you for joining us for this little run through uh, all the results from last weekend and a little preview for this weekend. Uh, what's what's coming up in your world on BritishIceHockey.co.uk? Um, just a few things in the planning, just working on it as we speak and hopefully we'll have a couple of things out before the end of the week. Craig Anderson there from BritishIceHockey.co.uk joining us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast on Tuesday. Now, there, as we were discussing there, there was an important game on Wednesday night and a brilliant result for the Manchester Storm uh, winning against the Nottingham Panthers. It finished 3 all after overtime and it went to a shootout and uh, Manchester Storm winning that shootout. Superb stuff for the Manchester side and uh, that's back-to-back wins now and back-to-back wins from shootouts as well following that win over the Five Flyers on Sunday. And uh, for more now on that result on Wednesday evening, I'm joined now down the other end of the phone by head coach at the Storm. It's a welcome return to Ryan Finnerty. Uh, well, Ryan, a big thank you for joining us, uh, especially after uh, those uh, those scenes last night at uh, at, at the Altrincham Ice Rink. Uh, and another win after a shootout. First obvious question to you: How are your nerves? You, you must be shot at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it was a good game. I mean, that's that's back to back shootouts we've gone now in uh, in uh, three days or so. So yeah, I know it's uh, that's an exciting time of year to play hockey, and uh, you know with the weather, it's even better. And uh, when it comes to, you know, digging in and, and fighting back and that kind of thing, I mean, you're playing the Nottingham Panthers there and, you know, they're a quality side and uh, they, they come back into it in the third period. Um, I mean, you must be pleased with the resilience of your side to, to keep the thing going into overtime. and then. Yeah, definitely. I thought, you know, when we, you know, obviously they scored first in the power play and our penalty kill has been, been a, a strength of our team all season. And, um, you know, but it was, I think we'd scored two power play goals and, kind of going back and forth and you know I think we both had chances to end it in regulation and it was you know it was a good game from a, a viewership point of view um obviously they're you know they're right in the hunt for for the title and you know and we're we're fighting to, for for our lives down there at the bottom so it was um you know it was a lot on the line for Wednesday in, in, you know in February and you know in the shootout um the guys came through dinner you know we almost shut the door there I think Kara got one of them on, on the end there and that was it. But, um, yeah, it was a good game. We needed the points, you know, and, and we move on to Belfast. Would you consider it a, a bonus couple of points as well? Because, you know, I know I know you're at home, but Nottingham, like you say, they're, they're chasing the, the top honours. So, you, you know, you've, you're on a hide to nothing, really. So, 
it's that five match where you, you really needed to pull out a result. So you know that, that that win on Sunday as well. I mean, it's been it's been a good week if we just it's if we just ignore the Glasgow game. But it, it has been a good week, hasn't it? Yeah, and actually the Glasgow game is probably the best we played out of all three. You know, we we felt we played uh, well enough to win there, and just uh, you know we scored four minutes left to, to take it. But uh, no, it's you know we I think we're we're playing some okay hockey right now. We got some some self belief and. You know, I think anytime we we come in and play anybody in the shelter, we we expect to win. We're not not expecting to win here. Um, so the, you know, we don't we don't have uh, any bonus points or anything like that. And uh, when it comes to this weekend, you've only got one game this weekend, but it's it's a big game, isn't it, at, at Belfast Giants? I mean, um, it's been a tough uh, few days schedule wise. Uh, what, what, what how are you shaping up heading into this important game? Yeah, I mean we're we're one and one there. In Belfast, you know, we haven't seen that team for a while. I think we played them almost four, seemed like four games in a row way back at the start of the year. So um, I think we both changed quite a bit during that time. But it's always exciting. And, you know, when you only got one game to prepare for on the weekend, and, you know, I think it's a good time for our guys to, to get away and, and hopefully have a, a rewarding Sunday off. But um, it's no easy task. They're another team again at the top fighting for uh, for championship. They uh, well coached. Um, you know, great organization. They know how to win, so it's a it's a great challenge for our group. And you know, I just uh, hopefully get uh, get prepared here over the next day, and and um, you know, go into Belfast with a good game plan, and and uh, hopefully execute. And then finally, Ryan, uh, looking a bit further down the track, uh, you have got Belfast back at Old uh, on next Saturday, but. Uh, you, you you don't need me telling you this, but it's just for the listeners' benefit. Then on Sunday, the 23rd, you've got Fife away. On Friday, the 28th, you've got Glasgow away. And then on Saturday, the 29th, you've got Dundee away. Phenomenal, really, uh, from as a neutral anyway. I mean, that's a that's going to de- define your season, I think, at that point, isn't it? Yeah, and then we got Glasgow back on, the, I think, the 30th. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, we got a, um, yeah, it's our first three and three all season. Every team has to do them, and- you know what? Uh, we're 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 in uh, Scotland for two, which is nice. It's a travel day, and yeah, it's um, you know, there's no hiding. You have to you know you have to find a way to get points and get points in, in that. And that's that's our goal. But you know, we're kind of one game or one weekend at a time here. We're not getting too far ahead of ourselves. But you enjoying it? Um, though. You enjoying it though, Ryan? That's for sure. Yeah, it's a good. This is kind of our playoff. You know, with the, the playoff system here, this is kind of how our playoffs. So. Be accountable and, and make sure that we're ready to play every game, whether it's a three and three or you know, like this weekend we just have one over the weekend. Ryan Finity there, head coach of the Manchester Storm. So the playoff race is certainly heating up down towards the bottom end of the table. And the five flyers have started to to get some points back on the board again. Uh, a superb victory last weekend in the Elite Ice Hockey League. And in fact, it was a three-point weekend as well. But more importantly, on Tuesday night, there was a Q&A where the Five Flyers directors met some of the supporters and a very constructive meeting by the sounds of it. Uh, but for more on this meeting midweek, on Wednesday afternoon, I caught back up again with the editor of the Five Free Press. Here's Alan Crow. Uh, well, welcome back to the show, Alan. And uh, we did say it was going to be uh, a pivotal week uh, for Five Flyers, uh, not just for this season, but but you did feel for for the future as well with the the, the fans Q and A uh, forum on on Tuesday and that all important game on Saturday. Well, the runners ended uh, on Saturday, and uh, what what was firstly what was the mood like after after the final whistle on Saturday night? I think it was it got a monkey off their backs at last. I mean, they had to get a win somewhere. So the very fact that they they equaled their worst losing streak, but it didn't get any worse than that. 
is a bonus. They, they finally got the win that they said they wanted. They went down the next night, you know, to was it Manchester. Um, it had to be a four-point weekend, and they didn't get the four points. In fact, even worse, they gave Manchester two. So the problem they've got is that every time they make one step forward, Manchester and or Dundee take two steps, you know, by picking up points here and there. So a three-point weekend, uh, fantastic. And when you look back at the last sort of 14, 15 games, but they're still in the back. They're still stuck in that tenth place, and yeah, Manchester won again midweek, did they not? So it's there's momentum in Manchester. There's, there's momentum in Dundee, and Fife are still just not in that momentum. And the problem now is that. The clock's ticking. That's that's on the ice, but let's talk about the, yeah. the fans forum that took place. There was uh, four hundred supporters uh, at at the Bay Hotel uh, for for this event that the the club put on uh, with the directors, and a very important evening. And the, there seems to be yeah. a bit of a wave of of optimism, uh, cautious optimism, but optimism nonetheless. Yeah, I think I mean, to get 400 fans coming along on a Tuesday night when the, the, the main bridge into Fife was closed because of the bad weather is a remarkable turnout. In terms of percentage of their total audience on a Saturday, it's even more surprising because they're pulling, what, 1,200 people, yet 400 folks still turned up to a Q&A. That tells you two things. One, they're very concerned, and two, they really, really want to help. And there's a common goal from the stage to the, the, to the, the room is that everyone's Fife to be the best they can be. Um, I think it was it was certainly out of the, the director's comfort zone. Uh, I mean, Tom Hughes is a very very private man. I mean, a lot of people in the room don't even know him. I've not been recognised him in the rink, and they had a show of hands. There's not many hands went up. Um, and for a guy that's run the club 24 years, that tells you how much his profile is always under the radar. So it's not his natural environment to stand up in front of 400 people and you know give a presentation. It was good insofar as it went, and that they talked about you know they, they need the fans on board. They explained a few things about why they hadn't recruited, you know, because the fan base has collapsed on a Saturday night, so it's financially it's, it's too much for them. But most of it went back to the fans, you know, do more, get more involved, you know, create a supporters club, create a players fund, so you're actually fundraising. It all went back to the floor to what what you can do. I think the big frustration was it should have been the directors saying what they would do, what what are their aspirations, what are their ambitions. So they set the agenda. I think that was the bit that was probably missing for me. It's kind of like a chicken and egg situation, isn't it? I mean, yeah. do the directors jump uh, hoping that the fans come along or do the fans come along and, and, and make the directors jump, I suppose, is, is what yeah, the problem is at the moment. It is. I mean, I mean obviously, a, a winning team will always get a bigger crowd. I mean, a team that's on a losing streak, it's the hardest thing in the world to sell. Um, you can't you can't gloss over a 14-game losing streak and just say, hey, we're doing really well. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. Certainly not in Fife where they know the ice hockey and they've been there for you know, 80-odd years. You can't kid somebody in Fife like that. And um, I think that the directors certainly have... What they've gone away with is a very clear understanding of the fans' frustrations regarding PR um, and how poor it has been regarding the number of times fans have offered to help and nothing's ever happened of it. There was no outcome for it. They didn't get a response or they were just told no. That seemed to surprise the directors. So after the meeting, there's a lot of fans were speaking one-to-one saying, I want on board, I want to help. What the club has really got to do is sit down and decide what, who do they want on board and what skills do they want them to bring. There's no point just saying, come on board and do something. It's got to be much more specific than that. The remit's got to be whether it's media, marketing, whether it's match night presentations, You know, get the right people with the right skills, the right vision, the right drive, because it is a big, big commitment. You know, It's every Saturday for seven months, every Saturday, Sunday. That's a big commitment in in the current climate. You know, that's that's a lot of time to give to your club, but th- there's no doubt the fans are keen to to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, four hundred turning up, like you said, on a, on a, yeah. a cold, wet Tuesday night. Um, I mean. 
that's that's a good starting point, isn't it? For for like you say, a supporters club and and that kind of thing, yeah. and, and drive that volunteer base forward. It is. I mean, the, the message came across that they are a small gate-based club who rely heavily on volunteers. Jack Wisher said that if it wasn't for volunteers, the club would be dead. That's a strength, but it's also a, it's also a weakness because Flyers are in effect a semi-pro team running off a voluntary team of fans, and they're playing in a league that is full-time professional 24-7 and you can just see the difference in terms of everything that Sheffield does for example is just that step above everything that Cardiff does is a step above and Fife's aspiration has to be to get to the level certainly of Cardiff Devils um, you know so they're a top five team off the ice they look smart they, they are, the way they engage with fans is as good as it can be there's a big big mindset still to be overcome here we're still we're still running off a BNL model, and the BNL was a heck of a long time ago. One thing that did come out, there was a fair few questions from the floor, but uh, five going to be in the elite league next season. And yeah. um, I mean, what's what what's the what's your general vibe about about the immediate future, and and what the directors and the fans are going to put in place over the next over the coming months to to make sure that they can they can bounce into into next season, as it were. I think they've got to get the season out of the way first. I mean, it's it's not dead. Mathematically, they can still qualify, but the reality is, I think mentally, some of the guys have checked out already. I think you know, once it's done and dusted and finished. They've got to start planning now. The, the days of taking the whole summer off or the perception of taking the whole summer off and not communicating has got to end. Um, that was a big, big issue that came out that, that, that the fans don't feel connected with the club. You know, They want to know more. Um, and information is quite... Information is free. You know, you, you're not paying for it, but all, all they want to know is what's happening behind the scenes. So simple updates like that. So I think that the first stage is get the fans on board with the right skills open up, the, sort out the media, sort out the marketing, sort out social media. No, I was going to say about the, the media side of it, because um, as your blog proved uh, on, on mm. Five Today, I mean, it's I mean, how much traffic was there? I mean, that, that was immense, wasn't it, for the paper? Oh, see, I think we, went, we ended up with over, over 10,000 web views overnight. Uh, a lot of it was folk coming back. Every question was refreshed, 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 which is brilliant. I mean, that, that tells you that there's an audience sitting at home wanting to know what's happening. And Flyers are sitting on a gold mine here. They are one of the biggest clubs in Fife. Fife has got a unique identity in Scotland as a standalone region. They're the only professional sports team that's named after the region. So they've got they've got a fan base out there. They have to reconnect with it. You know, reconnect with all the all the ex legends, all the former fans, bring in new fans. Yeah, you know, they've got a product to sell that is also exciting. You know, a first time person coming to the rink will see a game through very different eyes to somebody like myself that's been there a long time and they're pushing against an open door they just need to learn how to push properly and if they do that hit the ground running then you know, this season is one, somebody's got to finish last in a season it's, it's, it's Fife's turn this year so all these things that are going wrong you know fix them and get back up and running but the first question of the night was will they be in the EHL and the answer was yes and they got a round of applause so that there's confirmations from straight away that folk are saying good we're back where we should be now you build from there yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, this weekend, um, I mean, it's a tough weekend, isn't it, for Fife in yeah. all fairness. Uh, fivetoday.co.uk for, for previews and uh, match reports and that kind of thing from from these two big games. But Friday night is an away trip to Nottingham. Uh, that's followed up on, on Sunday with a home encounter against uh, current league leaders, the Sheffield Steelers. It's a big yeah. weekend for Fife, isn't it? So um, what, what's, the, what's the plan for the paper and, uh, and, and where can people uh, keep abreast of everything that's going on? Yeah, we, our paper's out today, the Fifty Press uh, website, Five today has got an interview with Chase Shaber. They've got my 
opinion piece on the the, fan, the, the fans, the Q&A. We'll be covering the games live. Um, I'll be at the game on Sunday against Sheffield. I mean, the last time Sheffield came up here, it was a 10-3 hammering. It was 10-3 going on, 15-3, I think. It was a horrible, horrible night from a five perspective. But I have to say, Sheffield just buried them. So there's a bit of payback due there. It would be lovely to see them do that. So, yeah, we'll be covering the game live online on Twitter and uh, back on the five today next week. Alan Crow there, editor of the Five Free Press. And don't forget, for all the latest news from the Five Flyers, you can visit the website, fivetoday.co.uk. But that's the Elite Ice Hockey League. Let's turn our eyes now to the NIHL and, more importantly, the South Cup final, which is taking place this weekend. Shortly, we're going to have a preview more generally for the South Cup final, uh, for the Midlands Cup and for the North Cup final as well. The North Cup final, incidentally, takes place next week. uh, But the South Cup and the Midlands Cup, those finals take place this weekend and we'll have a preview with Craig Simpson from the EIHA uh, shortly. But a couple of weeks ago, we heard from the Invicta Dynamos who were taking part in the South Cup final this weekend. Let's hear from their opponents now, Streatham. And on Thursday afternoon, I caught up with their head coach. Here's Adam Carr. Well, Adam, a big thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll get to the South Cup final uh, in a second, uh, but let's talk about the form heading into this. Your boys have been sensational this season. What is it at the moment? Is, is it 14 straight wins? Uh, yeah, I think it's something like that. We've uh, like, we've only lost one game this season so far against Solent. So, uh, yeah, I've certainly got no complaints about the form we've had this year. Uh, obviously, the loss that we did have was disappointing. I think we outshot them 66-16 to 16 that game. So, well, that was one of those games. It would have been nice to go uh, invincible all year, but we didn't expect that to happen. But, uh, no, like I said, I'm really pleased with the form and uh, looking forward to the weekend. I mean, how, how difficult is it to keep a, a run like this going? Because you're not just beating teams. Uh, I mean, you've had a couple of close encounters, like um, Chelmford a few, a few weeks back was a was a close game. But, but really, you've been pretty um, formidable let's say so so how do you keep that going it's quite easy to let complacency set in when you're on such a good run so we've spoken a lot in the room and in training about that about not letting ourselves get complacent I noticed it a couple of times in training I felt like we sort of were we seemed like we were getting a bit cocky and uh, you can't afford to have that set in so we talk about it a lot as a team and uh, make sure complacency doesn't set in it is a difficult thing to manage really when you're on such a good run Yes, absolutely. Well, um, the the league is uh, is shaping up quite nicely. I mean, you've got a six point lead up at the top of, at the moment as as we head towards the the finale of the of the regular season. So, before we get to this this cup final, I mean, how how do you think the season's going versus your own expectations? Because this looks like a not just a, a good season, but a springboard for other good seasons to come, perhaps. Yeah, no, I know we spoke about it uh, last time I spoke to you. I think uh, I expected us to have a good season. I came with the uh, with the intention of winning everything, but uh, I couldn't imagine it was going. It would go as well as as it has done so far. So, uh, yeah, I've been really pleased. I think uh, certainly Solent are still and Chelmsford again. They're still up there with us. That's still tight at the top, and we've still got to play Solent twice. We've got to play Chelmsford one more time. So we're we're certainly not uh, counting our chickens yet. Uh, there's a lot lot of games still to play. So. It's still definitely tight up there, but we're like I say, there's a good, there's a good feeling around the around the room at the minute and in the club. Everything's really positive, so 
we're looking forward to the the next part of the season. And the next part of the season uh, comes this weekend. Uh, a a double header against the Invicta Dynamos, two legs in the South Cup final. Uh, firstly, uh, the first game on Saturday is is away. Both sets of fans are very boisterous, and there's always good atmospheres at, at both bands. So, I mean, how important is this 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 first away leg to make sure you put a, a good platform down for the for the home encounter? Yeah, it's obviously important. Uh, Invicta's uh, it's a it's a difficult place to play. It always has been. It's a when you talk about teams having a home ice advantage, they've certainly got a home ice advantage there. It's it's not the easiest of places to go. Uh, but it's always a good atmosphere there. I think their fans, uh, they create a good, good atmosphere there. There's obviously a, a big history between these two teams as well. It goes back quite a long way. And uh, some games get quite ill-tempered sometimes, but that's all part of the game. Uh, like I say, it's a good rivalry. I know our fans have enjoyed this year going unbeaten so far against them. So... Oh, they've enjoyed the games against Victor, and uh, we've had some good games against them, to be honest. And uh, I expect this weekend to be close. Uh, it's a cup final, so anything can happen. I say we've got to get a good result on the Saturday, and then use our use our home ice advantage on the Sunday. So. I mean, to it. I mean, when you talk about you know the the atmosphere in Victor and and at Streatham and and we can throw, throw in Slough as and and Solent as well. I mean, th- mm-hmm. this is tier three of of British ice hockey, but there's there's a lot of life down there, isn't there? There is, yeah. I've been I've been really impressed with it. I know the last few weeks at Streatham, we've had some we've had some incredible crowds. Uh, and like I say, the atmosphere comes with the amount of people you have in the ring a lot of the times. But uh, yeah, a lot of the games we've been to this year, the atmosphere has been amazing. Uh, Let's say our fans have they they've been phenomenal this year as as every year I've been here but this year they've been really getting behind us home and away. I think we went down to uh, last time we went down to Solent the place was packed out and our fans were right by the bench and loud the whole way through. So I'm sure they're looking forward to this weekend as much as we are and hopefully win the first trophy for a long time. Let's talk about the the Sunday game. Uh, face off is uh, quarter to seven. Uh, I should say the face off at Invicta in Gillingham is is quarter past five on Saturday, but quarter to seven uh, back at at Streatham on on Sunday. Quick message before you go, Adam, uh, for that home fans on on Sunday. They're going to be vitally important, aren't they? They are. They, uh, it always is when you hear the noise behind you. It always gives you that extra boost, and uh, I know there's a the fans and a lot of people involved in the club haven't won anything for a long time and our goal to bring four trophies home this year and uh, this one's going to be the first hopefully Adam Carr there head coach of Streatham and a big good luck to both Invicta and Streatham in the South Cup final this weekend and speaking of of these cup finals, which are taking place not just this weekend, but uh, over the next couple of months or so. There's also the playoff weekends coming up as well. It's a very exciting time for the NIHL. And for more, on Thursday evening, I caught up with media man at the English Ice Hockey Association. Here's Craig Simpson. Uh, well, Craig, a big welcome back to the show. And, uh, well, this is where we get to the, the busy end of the season and uh, the, the showpiece end as well with lots of cup finals coming up. Uh, firstly, a big weekend uh, for the South Cup and the Midlands Cup in the form of Streatham versus Invicta and Solihull against Blackburn. A, a big weekend for all four clubs. Yeah, it is. I mean, as, as you say, it's, a, it's getting towards the business end. We've got cup finals. Most weekends we've just been putting out playoff stuff, which will be... No doubt we're talking about later, but yeah, so um, the Midland Cup, obviously we had six teams battling through a regular a regular season and then we had semi-finals uh, last month uh, and they've got us to the to the place now where we've got, got the two finalists and again in the south we had a round-robin group and then the top two have gone straight to this final, so finals start this weekend and we've got finals pretty much 
every weekend now until the end of the season. Let's talk about uh, the, the Midlands Cup final uh, that's taking place. It's uh, the, it's Blackburn Hawks against the Solihull Barons. Uh, the first game is at Blackburn on the 15th of February. It's uh, a six o'clock face-off and then the away leg, uh, well, the second leg, uh, will be at Solihull and that's on the 16th of February at half five a face-off in that one. This one's going to be a good game. It should be, yeah. I mean, the, the Barons are, are flying quite high in the, in the division this year. Um, they're third behind the, the two peer setters, Whitley and, and Solway. But the Barons are having a really good season. Um, Blackburn Hawks have obviously come down from their uh, title-winning aspirations of a, of a couple of seasons ago. But on home ice, you, you, you would never discount Blackburn. They get a big crowd in for a showpiece occasion like this. They've got their, their goalie back, Nick Trappens, has, has been on form the last few weeks. So uh, get get a home home lead to take to, to Solihull. Uh, and you never know what's going to happen at, at Solihull. But the, the Barons, as I say, third in the league. Uh, they've pushed the top two all the way and they've, they've had some big wins this season. So it, it, it promises to be a, a good weekend, both games. Now, uh, we just heard from the head coach at, at Streatham. Uh, Streatham have had a, a brilliant season. I think, I think everyone can agree with that. But uh, Invicta Dynamo standing in their way this weekend uh, in the South Cup final. Uh, the first leg takes place in Gillingham on the 15th this Saturday quarter past five face-off and then it's uh, back to Streatham Sunday quarter to seven face-off I know Streatham have been uh, pretty formidable this season uh, but that crowd at Gillingham it's going to be something else isn't it on Saturday? Yeah when they I mean I have a look both, both clubs are reporting really strong sales for the for the final um, and that rink at Gillingham let's like say the Plant Ice rink at Gillingham once they get a big crowd in um, again a, a successful NIHL one team of, of old in Victor uh, they're used to playing these big occasions, get a big crowd in, and since the turn of the year, in Victor, I think we've only lost one or two games since the ter- since the start of 2020. So um, they're one of the form teams of the year, going up against, as you say, Streatham, who are the form team probably of the division throughout the whole season. The Sunday night on the on the Streatham High Road, um, I think they're they're already talking about having to sell extra tickets because of what they've already put on sale have sold out. So. It looks like it's going to be two pretty full rinks, and pretty much as I said for the for the first game, if if Invicta um, on the Saturday night, as I say, they they had a having a great 2020 so far, and um, if they can get get on a roll and take a lead down to Streatham with them. Um, it promises to be a, a thriller on uh, on Sunday night down in Streatham High Road. I'm, I'm really what what an advert for for ice hockey in the southeast as well. I mean the the, the pair of them by the sounds of it, it's going to be great, isn't it? But on both legs, the the attendances and the the atmosphere, it's going to be it's going to be something else. It's going to be absolutely cracking. Um, but uh, in a week's time, next week, uh, we've heard from Murrayfield and and from the Whitley Warriors. Um, in the North Cup final uh, will be taking place uh, next Saturday, the twenty second of February. First up, it'll be in Edinburgh, six o'clock face-off, and then the return leg on the 23rd of February, five o'clock in the northeast. East, uh, the face-off there. Murrayfield Racers against the Whitley Warriors. It's like ice hockey from yesteryear, isn't it? I mean, two great names. Two two great names of, of British hockey um, on the ice, but on the benches as well, you've got you've got Tony Hand against David Longstaff, the two coaches. Um, legends at their own clubs in, in both in both respects, and it, it, it's it's one of those you really don't know how it's going to go. Murrayfield, obviously, the first leg uh, at home on the Saturday, they won the corresponding fixture at Murrayfield in the round robin. Uh, Whitley won at Whitley, uh, and since then Whitley Bay have, have gone on a have gone on a bit of a bit of a burner, and they're kind of pretty much un, unbeatable at the moment. But the racers, as I say, they're second year in the in the North Cup, um, certainly improved from from year one. They've taken the, taken stock of what needs to be 
to compete at this level. And they've certainly shown the beat. The beats obviously Solway in the semi-final. They've beaten Whitley Bay in the round robin. And they, they say the again, it's a, it's, a, it's another one sounding like I'm repeating myself, but that the ring at the ring at Murrayfield. If they get a if they get a big crowd in, and not just from Murrayfield fans, but there's the Whitley fans as already yeah. talk of. Um, I think they're talking two two full coaches are already going up. On like on the official transports, there'll be more travelling up on their own, uh, under their own steam. So there's going to be a, a huge travelling contingent from Tyneside making their way up the A1. Uh, so Saturday night's going to be jumping in in Murrayfield, and then back to Hillhead, which is a uh, an old-fashioned hockey barn, if ever there was one, uh, on the Sunday night. Um, you wouldn't bet against Whitley on home ice, but as I say, Murrayfield have already got that one in there in their pocket, haven't beaten them or this season. So a great, great weekend. And as I say, the the, the, the names, as you say, Whitney Murrayfield, hand against Longstaff, it's all it's all there. Just promises to be a fantastic time. Really is. And what, what an advert uh, for step three ice hockey in the country. Superb stuff. And uh, big good luck uh, to, to Whitley Warriors, to, to the Murrayfield Racers, uh, to the Solihull Barons, uh, the Blackburn Hawks, Streatham and Invicta Dynamo, of course. Uh, big good luck to, to all involved and uh, hope you all have a, a good weekend in those cup finals. Uh, but it's not just step three that's got their cup finals. Obviously, we've got the national division and the national cup final and uh, the date has been confirmed uh, for this doubleheader final. Uh, Telford Tigers taking on the Peterborough Phantoms. Uh, Peterborough hosts the first leg on Friday, March the 6th, and then the return leg will be in Telford on Wednesday, March the 11th. I mean, the, t- the top of the national division, in fact, the whole in fact, the whole national division this year has been a bit of a revelation, I think, to everyone. I mean, it has been really, really competitive after a bit of a, a chaotic start with goals flying in left, right and centre. Every game un- has become unpredictable. It is. I mean, you, you talk about it on the on the show pretty much every week when you have the coaches on or the GMs or whatever. The the league the league is just bonkers at times. Um, and we've had let's say the last couple of weeks, Leeds who are who are bottom have beaten have beaten Telford. Um, they've taken points off Swindon. Um, anybody can beat anybody. There's still goals flying in left, right, and centre. I mean, we talk about the, the the cup in one of the semi-finals. I think Peterborough. Their second leg, they beat Hull 8-6, which is not what you normally expect from a cup semi-final. It's it's just um, the level of excitement and entertainment that's um, on show every week at pretty much every ring is is fantastic. And I'm sure the, uh, I think Steve Nell said on the other week, the league's been, uh, for season one, the league's been a great success and hopefully build on what they've done and, and go again for next season. But obviously there's plenty still to go. Uh, in this season's NIHL. Yeah, there really is. Uh, well, tickets are available uh, for the National Cup final. Uh, please visit uh, Peterborough's uh, website for Peterborough tickets and Telford's website uh, for, for Telford tickets. Um, but as we were alluding to at the start of this interview, Craig, it's not just the Cup finals, there's also the playoff weekend coming up as well. So tell us about uh, the, the playoff weekend in Coventry. Yeah, it's been a pretty mad mad week on the on the news front at uh, NIHL HQ, as you could say. Um, we've got... Obviously, the National Division has their final at Coventry. Uh, that's on the 18th and 19th of April. But before that, we have what, what we call the, the NIHL Championship Series. So every division of the NIHL, so that's Division 1 North and South, Division 2 North and South, has a finals weekend. So And it's, it goes over three successive weekends. So on April 4 and 5, uh, we have the Division 2 finals. So North goes to Witness. Um, that's the third time in a row we've been to Witness, which is a, a great facility for for that competition. And then Division Two South, uh, we're taking that to a to an iconic name. We talked about great names when we're talking about Whitley and, 
and, and, and Murrayfield, but they, and another iconic name in terms of facilities, Alexandra Palace. Mm. Um, so we're taking Division 2 South 2 to Ali Pali. Um, so that's over the weekend of April 4 and 5. And then the, the week after that is your Division 1 final. So in the north, uh, we're at Ice Sheffield. And then in the south, we're going to Bracknell. Bracknell have hosted Division 2 the last couple of years, but they've stepped up now to host Division 1 for us. And then obviously the, fa- the following weekend, 18th and 19th of April, we go to Coventry. So three successive weekends, five playoff finals weekends. Coventry weekend for the NIHL National Division. Those tickets went on sale um, on Tuesday of this week and have been sold for different clubs on different days. And the sales have been fantastic, particularly um, Milton Keynes, their first season back in this level. Uh, they pretty much sold out their two blocks uh, kind of within an hour, which was fantastic. Um, but really strong sales from the NIHL National uh, Division for Coventry. And then the Divisions 1 and 2, they go on sale Friday morning at 10 o'clock. Um, and all of the links people need to go are on the AIHA website. If you go to aiha.co.uk forward slash tickets, all of the links are in one handy place. Um, and fans can pick and choose which finals they want to go to. Greg Simpson there from the English Ice Hockey Association. And don't forget, for all the latest news, from the NIHL and all the divisions and all the cup finals and all the playoffs and everything else that's coming up over the course of the next couple of months or so. Certainly going to be very, very interesting and exciting. Uh, Visit their website, eiha.co.uk. But that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. A big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me. Remember, you can keep up to date with all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey by visiting the website, britishicehockey.co.uk. But I've been Ben, and wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British ice hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.